Hi guys, welcome back to episode three of the Kicking Mustang podcast. I'm going to try and keep these going every um, week and see how how this goes. This week I'm going to be taking questions from my YouTube community. I put a post up on YouTube asking for questions and if there's anything anyone wants to know and I've got a bunch of questions to answer later on. But first of all, I'm going to have a quick chat about the news and what is new. Um, This week I put a new video up um, on YouTube and I am using the Silverback SRS again and I'm really happy with this video. It's not a very long one, it's only I think six minutes long and there's only one kill in the video Uh, but the reason I like it is because it captures a quite a rare moment in airsoft sniping where an enemy sniper gives his position away um, from the glint of his scope. The sniper is hiding in the shadows and just the, the the glint of that scope gives him away and I managed to spot him just in time to get a shot off our BB's cross paths midair and then I duck out the way of his BB just as it uh, was about to hit me. It's quite a cool moment I think and it's worth a watch if you've not seen that already. I've had lots of questions um, coming in from people who have been trying to order my kicking Mustang uh, super heavy sniper balls. Uh, they are out of stock and we are waiting for new stock to come in. They are in customs. Believe it or not, some idiot put a uh, flamethrower and hand grenades on the custom slip. I kid you not, that it's not a joke. And they are stuck in customs while the inspectors have a dig around to make sure they are not hand grenades or flamethrowers. Um, so they should be in stock early this week. So if you are waiting for those to come in, uh, check out uh, Skirm Shop UK and Skirm Shop NL on Monday. There should be some stock. They need to get packed, of course, uh, Monday, Tuesday. I hope they'll be in stock if you are waiting for the kicking Mustang balls. Um, other news, I think I mentioned it last podcast, uh, but I'll mention it again, the Silverback SRS third generation is on the way and it looks like there are some pretty uh, big improvements to uh, what is probably my favorite platform Uh, they have improved the piston design it has a new cup and air brake on it a silent cup which should reduce the sound um, similar to the wasp piston which i am now using in my srs um, also silverback um, provide it with a new rubber one of the issues uh, with the silverback which i guess to be honest has stopped it claiming the th- un- undoubtedly claiming the throne of best out of the box sniper rifle is the um, hot rubber and it's tricky to get the hop set and it's tricky to get a perfect air seal. What Silverback have done is change that rubber design and it's got some R-hop properties. Uh, now that should uh, give it the uh, un, um, the, 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 the crown or best out of the box sniper rifle. I would be very surprised um, if these improvements do not shut down that debate about what is the best out of the box sniper rifle. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I am using in my Silverback SRS the Wasp piston as well at the moment. I'm incredibly impressed with that. Uh, it has unfortunately sold out, but I do understand Sniper Mechanic has a new batch on the way and they are in stock on my SRS. I am getting an incredible one FPS variance on my shots. I have never 
had a bolt action rifle with that little variance it's incredible and i think any variance that's coming beyond that is down to perhaps some slight bb imperfections but it's incredible so if you do have an srs it's well worth having a think about getting a wasp piston if you want to increase your consistency and to make your srs even quieter um, on that note i'm going to move on and i'm going to answer these questions which were uh, sent to me. I've got quite a few here to get through. These are only on my YouTube channel. Um, so I'll tell you what, let's just click here. Let's do sort by oldest first and let's go through these. Uh, first question, and it's a good one, from Capelman uh, asks, how much does it cost to get into airsoft at your level? Ghillie suit, rifles, pistols, spare mags and silencers. I would say that the great thing about playing airsoft the way I do is that the better you get at that style of play, the, the stealth play and the, the going slowly, methodically and using stealth rather than firepower, is you can do it on a budget. Uh, ghillie suits can be crafted quite cheaply. You can pick up cheap leaf suits and you can craft them using materials that you can buy from um, from China quite cheaply, like fake leaves, uh, inks, raffia, and you can craft your suits really very, very cheaply. And with a pistol, you can get very good results and almost match highly upgraded sniper rifles. Uh, if you are using a Mark 23 pistol, you can pick up a cheap ASG clone or you go for the uh, granddaddy, the Tokyo Maruri Mark 23 pistol, install some upgrades and just for a few hundred pounds, you can have a total loadout um, with mags, pistol, uh, ghillie suit, and a silent weapon that will allow you to perform at a high level. In my recent uh, videos I put up from the Milsim Green Mist in Norway, I went all the way to Norway to play a Milsim over in an area that was about five square kilometers, and I just used a Mark 23 pistol for that entire event. So it is definitely possible to play at my level on a budget. Hopefully, Capelman, um, that will answer your question. My advice would be to focus on your style of play, your skills and your field craft without, um, then if you do that and you're good at that, then the amount of money you spend on your guns and equipment will become less important. Um, next question is from somebody called Run Zhang. I hope I pronounced that right. He's asking me what scope am I using and do I have better recommendations? I have always used the same scope on my VSR and my SRS and that's just a cheap Chinese scope that I, it's got no brand and I have no idea what it is. It was on the very first airsoft gun I bought and I've used it ever since. I know it's cheap and it just does the job. I use on my Tanaka, uh, gas sniper rifle I have a Vision King scope which I think is probably better than the scope I use on my VSR um, in terms of better recommendation I know a lot of the players who are going for high-end optics at the moment uh, are using the Vortex scopes if you want to have a bit of a, a dig deeper into what Vortex scopes offer uh, have a look at Random Trashies YouTube channel uh, there's links on there on my on my YouTube channel. If you click on the YouTube, and I've got I think it's my favourite channels. And Random Trashy does some great reviews about the Vortex uh, scopes. So they're worth looking at. I don't have one, but I do know they're very good. So if you want a top end scope, have a look at Vortex. I think. Um, Randall Vlogs asks, what was up with the whole coward thing? Uh, if you don't know what happened, um, there was 
a bunch of trolls. I've never quite seen anything quite like it. A gaggle of trolls. I'm not sure what's the what's the plural for a group of trolls. Um, pack of trolls, a gaggle of trolls. <laughs> let me know. Send me a message. Let me know what you think a group of trolls is worth. But there was a uh, what a group of trolls is called. But there was a very large group of them who just kept spamming my videos with the word coward. Uh, I think I think it's because. I blocked somebody who had said something on my page and I just blocked him and he had a few followers on YouTube and I think he plays CQB in America and he told all his kiddie followers to call me a coward. I think, I'm not sure. So if you're wondering what that, that's going on on my comment section, I think that's probably what it is. Um, I can't actually tell you anything more than that. I have no idea. Um, other than I think it might be related to somebody I blocked on my Facebook page. Um, let's move on. Sniper Johnny Boy. He's new. He's a new YouTuber, and he's going to do some gameplay videos. What video editing software am I using, and what does uh, Sniper Johnny Boy need to look at? Um, I use the software I use is Final Cut Pro 10 on the Apple Mac. Um, for a long time, I used pretty free or cheap software. Uh, I One thing I wish somebody had said to me uh, two years ago was invest in decent software if you are serious about this. Um, even with average cameras, um, a very good software. Now, either Final Cut Pro or I think Adobe Premiere is also very good. Um, the Final Cut Pro is only on Macs. The Adobe Premiere is on for PCs and Macs. Uh, either of those softwares they're not cheap. Uh, I think my Final Cut Pro plus plugins, I've probably spent four or five hundred pounds on the software, so it's not cheap. Um, but you can see the results. If you look at my videos from even a year ago, the increased quality that the software has allowed me to um, create is, I think, well worth it. Um, SJIHT um, on YouTube is asking me, when are the practical videos going to come? Well, yesterday I did do a live stream on YouTube. I wasn't planning it. Um, I was starting to uh, do some art, uh, autumn leaf crafting, and I just pressed go live on YouTube, and there's about an hour-long video there where I take a look at my suits, the techniques I use um, of how I apply my... Uh, gilly garnish to the suits and the response has been really positive so I think I'm going to do a few more of those in the coming weeks uh, including uh, maybe some teching gun videos so keep an eye out for those um, Donkey asks he has heard a story that you change your gun springs to make them shoot harder is this true uh, I assume that you mean, do I change springs to change the FPS? Uh, yes, I do, of course. I like to get them as close to the maximum uh, power that is allowed. If you are referring, actually, seeing the second part of his question here, also, is that why some of your sponsors dropped you? Lol, I bet you won't answer this on your podcast. You won't even admit it, though, so I don't know why I bother. Okay, donkey. Um, no, I do not change my springs. This is a lie that has come about, and it is not a reason why my sponsors have dropped me. Because my sponsors have not dropped me, I was sponsored by Silverback SRS, and I resigned that position 
three months ago. The reason I resigned that position was because I had a contract with them that said that I am not allowed to uh, do cheetah videos, headshot videos, or engage in online arguments. Um, at that point, um, I was uh, I had the video with all the headshots in that I wanted to put out, um, and there was also a cheater in there who I wanted to expose, and um, that was the reason I resigned, and I did publish the letter of my resignation to um, Silverback, and that is on the Facebook page if you would like to see it. So. Whoever is saying that is the reason why my sponsors dropped me, it is not true. And um, yeah, hopefully that answered your question, Donkey. Jo Johan Diaz asks, do you think the new Gen 3 of the SRS will be a good idea to buy or should he just buy the Gen 1 or 2? I think you need to wait for the Gen 3, which is out any moment, Johan. Um, I think it's going to be a marked improvement on the Gen 2. But if you already own the Gen 2, um, I would suggest just buying the Wasp piston, and that will um, that will probably be better than the Silverback new piston. Um, but if you haven't already got the Gen 2, I would suggest waiting and getting the Gen 3, which will be out any day now. Um, Airsoft Review Argentina asks a cool question. Would you play as confidently without camo now that you've now that you've had some experience with camo? Uh, the thing about camo, um, Airsoft Review Argentina, thank you very much for this question, is that often it will compromise your gameplay. Let me explain. If you're wearing a heavy ghillie suit, it can slow you down, it can limit your vision, and it can be heavy, and it can limit your movement. So there is a compromise. However, if you are wearing very lightweight leaf suits, and this was the original reason I started wearing leaf suits, was there wasn't really any compromise. They're lightweight, they're breathable, they do not limit your movement, and they provide excellent concealment. So if you are wearing camo, or the level of camo that I wear, there is, you have to ask yourself whether, as the more camo you wear, the more it slows you down. Do you want to have extra concealment for a slower gameplay, or do you wear a lighter loadout? Now, you may see in the urban gameplays I play, I always wear a leaf suit. 95% of the time, I wear a leaf suit, even in urban gameplay, but it's not a heavy leaf suit. Uh, and sometimes I'll be wearing very light webbing with just a lightweight leaf suit top with um, just my ghillie goggles and a hat. And I don't see any kind of compromise when wearing that. Um, so would I play without camo now? I would, but I think I'll be compromising myself because I believe you can wear camouflage that does not limit your movement and it does give you excellent concealment even in urban areas if you wear the right colours as long as you're disrupting your shape um, you can uh, get excellent results so would I be confident playing with that camo of course but would I be more confident playing with camo yes um, Tom asks not so much for the podcast uh, but could you do a vid at some point to cover how you fit your Mark 23 holster onto your chest uh, Tom to check out the a new video that I posted on YouTube, the live stream, uh, there is a little deep look there at my holster and you might be able to see how it's attached on that one. Uh, so, um, yeah, thanks for the question, Tom. Uh, Blight Man 
asks, do you know the best gas non-blowback airsoft pistol that you can get in America for like $100? Uh, I would suggest taking a look at one of the Mark 23 clones, which will be a lot cheaper than $100, and they'll be quite effective with just a couple of uh, simple mods made to them. Dark Knight asks, what upgrades have I put in my Mark 23? Um, I use the Hadron TDC dust cover with maple leaf barrel, maple leaf rubber, and a Hadron H plate under the hop arm. Uh, Amstaff uh, asks a scope question. I've already asked that. Apologies. Um, Quinton asks, how can I? How can you don't have fog? Uh, I assume, Quinton, you're asking about my goggles. My goggles are mesh, so they don't have glass in them. Uh, they do not fog, and my goggles are made by somebody called Hero Shark. Um, it is possible to get glasses that don't fog quite so much. You can get treatment for my anti-fog sprays, but um, it's almost impossible to make them totally non-fogging. Okay, uh, Ducks Loves Pancakes asks, Hi, kicking Mustang. I love all your videos and posts and Instagram. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, his question is, do you use a specific technique to weather your ghillie leaf suit or does it just happen over time? Also, do you wear over, do you wear over your boots and trousers some sort of sleeve? Thanks and keep creating your awesome content. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, I the best way I like to weather my suits is actually just to dunk them in mud. And that's leaf suits as well. Uh, I love them to be really, really muddy. <laughs> Sometimes people ask me, how do I wash my leaf suits? Well, I don't. I dunk them in like swamp mud or just dirty puddles. And then the leaves soak up the mud and it creates the most natural look. And I, yes, I do wear uh, over trousers oh, on my legs, leafy trousers as well. Um... Let's move on. Gustavo asks, do I think the SRS is a better platform than the VSR? I think the SRS is more capable than the VSR. It, it is capable of better performance uh, out of a spring than the VSR, largely because it has a much higher volume and it just it's just so consistent and it's also capable of being quieter. It is a more strongly built platform. However, better there's more things you have to take into account. VSRs are lighter, the magazines are much smaller, you can carry many more magazines. Uh, the magazines are lighter, they can be held in very, like, in small places. You can probably carry three or four VSR mags for every one SRS. Um, it is also, if you don't like a bullpup, which the SRS is, where the mag is located behind the uh, trigger, um, it can be a bit awkward. It's also the center of balance is different. So if you are lying prone, the center of balance can mean it's difficult to reload. If you take with a VSR, the center of balance is over your um, left hand, if you're right-handed. And when you take your hand off the trigger, the VSR balances perfectly. With the SRS, if you take your hand off the trigger, the gun is then very uh, heavy at the back and it becomes um, difficult to balance. So it's not by no means the SRS perfect. But that is a symptom of the design of the gun. It's of the platform's issues, I think, rather than the, uh, the, the technology. But if you ignore the nuances of the platform, the SRS is a more capable gun than a VSR. Um, scroll down. Phantom Airsoft asked me, do I like CQB? 
Phantom. I did used to play quite a bit of CQB, um, and then I slowed down a bit. I mean, it might be one of the reasons I like pistols so much. Um, I always use pistols a lot in CQB. But I got to the stage where I was getting fed up with the 50-50 kills or um, exchange kills, however you want to call them, where you go around the corners firing your gun, someone shoots you a split second first, but you carry on firing and hit them, and it's like hit, hit, and you, you know, oh, okay, exchange kill, okay, and you both get hit, and it becomes a tactic that is used in CQB. If you know where someone is, you go around the corner firing your gun, and you know you can hit them, even though they're going to hit you, and it kind of became, I became frustrated with that, and also people who would be spamming corners, so you would be basically cutting the cake, not by using single shots or aim shots, but you would literally be firing as you go around corners or firing down corridors to keep them pinned, and everyone using high caps, and even if you use mid caps, you've still got like 80 or 120 BBs per per mag with these AEGs, and it just became um, I, frustrating, I think, and I didn't like the perfectly legal tactics that people were using, I found it frustrating. Um, not as clean as sniping, I like the the clinical nature of sniping more than CQB. Um, let's roll, scroll down to some more questions. Kellen Ryan says, bit of a touchy subject, but should snipers be allowed to dual creep? I'm in Canada and my field limits snipers to 480 to 500 FPS in 0.2s, which is roughly 2.2 to 2.4 duels. So playing fair, that's close to 360, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, question is essentially should snipers be allowed to dual creep it's an interesting question because if the site rules state that the rules are that a gun has to be 450 or 500 fps on a point two and they are the rules and then you can use whatever ammo you use after that you are within the site rules so should it be allowed well it is allowed because the site sets the rules in the uk we have a legal limit of 2.5 joules before an airsoft gun becomes an air gun and there is a debate about players have to keep it under 2.5 joules now i'm not an expert on the law um, but i think if a site has a 500 fps limit rule and you are your your jewels put you up to 2.7 or 2.8 jewels, um, and it's there's this argument that it is becomes an airsoft gun and it's illegal. I don't I don't know whether that's legally true. I think if you go to a, a site and you sign a waiver, I don't think anyone is realistically going to be prosecuted for it. Um, I might be wrong, but I I can really find it very hard to believe that. But essentially, if you're within the site rules. It's allowed. Is it fair? Well, that is another question. And if you are purposefully dual creeping a gun to get like three, three and a half, maybe four jewels out of a gun, if you've got a 500 FPS limit, I think it's pretty, um, that's, that's a bit cheeky, borderline dangerous. So I would think it would be very frowned upon if you are purposefully dual creeping a gun. But if your gun dual creeps a little bit and you are... Um, at 500 FPS on your point twos, and you are maybe like a, a Novridge SSG24, they dual creep to about 2.7 joules. Look, I'm 
it doesn't really matter that much in my eyes and my opinion. Um, I don't know the law, but I would be very, very surprised if the site has a uh, 500 FPS limit and you're using an SSG24 and it's at 2.7 joules. I doubt very much that anyone could prosecute you um, realistically. Uh, and personally, I'm not that bothered if someone's at 2.7 joules using an SSG24. Um, but that's my opinion. Uh, but let me know what you think. Um, if you are purposefully dual creeping, I think that's very different to if your gun is a little bit over because it naturally dual creeps. That's my opinion. Let me know what you think in the um, comments. I'd love to hear from you um, because I think it is open to debate. Devon Hyder asks, do I purposefully shoot people in the face? It is Airsoft Devon, and you sometimes have to purposely shoot people in the face. Um, I have actually written a blog post, um, and it is on my uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash kicking mustang, and there is a blog post on there about why I do take headshots when I am in an extreme uh, hide position. Uh, I don't think I ever take headshots all the time, um, on purpose but I do sometimes take headshots if I do have a single shot and I must remain uh, concealed and I'm in a very dangerous situation where I do not want to risk taking more than one shot and I might have one chance to get a shot off yes I would take a headshot if it guaranteed the kill um, Michael C is asking, have I been in the military or had any military training before starting airsoft? No, I have not, and I don't think I would survive very well in the army. I'm not particularly good at taking orders. Uh, I have worked for myself my entire life, and the thought of having a drill sergeant shouting at me uh, doesn't appeal very much, to be honest. Um, Hyperflux. Are you looking forward to coming to LA, California or playing in the USA? And he says, by the way, you're my favorite airsoft sniper. Thank you very much, Hyperflux. Very um, very kind of you, mate, and it's uh, really good to hear. that My videos are appreciated, so thank you. Um, am I looking forward to coming to LA or California? I am not, I have nothing planned. However, I would love to come to play in the US over the next year at some point. Uh, I need to have a look how to get guns out there or whether someone um, can perhaps hook me up with a Mark 23 pistol and I'll perhaps fly over and do something like I did in Norway. I'm more than happy to come over and perhaps borrow a TM Mark 23 pistol off somebody. Um, I'll definitely look into doing that in the next 12 months, so keep an eye out. Um, Tridinho asks, what internals am I currently running in my VSR? Uh, I have got Maple Leaf externals, and internally I have the new Springer Custom Works piston, which is excellent. Uh, it's a I used to use a Lalax piston, but the Springer Custom Works piston combined with the Springer Custom Works, I use a budget S-trigger off them, is an excellent combination. Really smooth, really quiet, really consistent. I, I highly recommend that Springer Custom Works piston. Um, gosh, I've got a few questions here from someone called Josh Rimmer. Um, first question, gosh Josh, you're uh, going straight in with a hard one here. What's up with all the hate in Airsoft and why have I become the universal target? Um, I think, first part of that question, what's up with all the hate in Airsoft? I think this, the Facebook groups and the way the social media algos work is amplifying a lot of hate in Airsoft. Let me explain when people post in groups 
and the and they post hate or arguments and a lot of people get stuck in the facebook algo then tells their friends that they are engaged in something in a group and their friends then get shown their friends post nine times out of ten those people will only read their friends post and if they're in an argument they only take the side of their friends and then they give their opinion which is normally very heated and trying to defend their friends and the hate gets amplified and whipped up into a frenzy and the facebook algo promotes these arguments within the groups and combined with in the last nine months ish facebook has reduced the organic reach of pages now in favor of groups and personal uh, personal uh, posts on personal profiles so what this means is the people who are producing content say let's say somebody like myself I have I guess I have something to lose and I'm trying to produce something of value for the community that I put on a on a page Facebook has reduced the natural reach that they are getting and they have amplified the reach of discussions or popular posts on within the groups. Now, Facebook doesn't distinguish between popular or arguments. And within Airsoft, there are a lot of arguments. And those arguments get amplified by the Facebook algo. And I think that is one of the reasons there is a lot of hate in Airsoft in the last nine to 12 months. And why have I become the universal target? I'm not sure, Josh. Uh, I, I probably am not a universal target. I just think that a few very vocal people are having their messages amplified by a the, the Facebook algo. And um, they're a very vocal minority. So I probably don't think I'm a universal target. I certainly don't feel like one. There's a lot of other people who get a lot of grief on um, airsoft i think when you produce content and you're trying to do something positive within the community uh, a lot of you become a target and i think that is natural in any community whether that's airsoft or, or any community really uh josh second question you've got a few here i'm gonna go through through these because some of them are quite good questions what is the most effective way to engage an enemy sniper that knows your position um josh now this is a great question it's a difficult one to answer on a podcast in this sh maybe in a in a short space of time and it could actually be a subject of a future podcast where i will get some of my sniper operative colleagues to come on and we can chat about the encounters we have when we play sniper op games uh, one of the biggest things is patience and achieving your objectives and timing that so if you have to move you need to figure out a way of moving without being spotted if you don't have to move and the other sniper doesn't have to move what tends to happen is you will both lay low and it becomes a a case of sitting there doing nothing so it becomes um, if you have an objective to achieve you have to then take risks to get it done so it becomes uh, a gamble really it becomes a gamble uh, if you need to move to achieve objectives but in terms of let's say that recent video i posted 
where I spotted the sniper's scope, take notice of how I was playing there. When I was being shot at, I tried to duck out and reposition to different places, never coming up in the same spot. So if you are moving around and you know a sniper is trying to track your position, always try to use dead ground or cover to reposition before trying to observe the enemy sniper. But I think it's a great question. I actually think I'm going to use your question there, Josh, to uh, base a new podcast on that subject. Um, you also asked, when do you fight versus flight and when is the time to retreat? Pretty deep question again, but a great question. Um, you have to, I, I always say that awareness of what is going on around you is more important than your concealment as a sniper. Um, and that is what's going to be key to deciding whether to fight or flight. Um, often you'll see me not engaging in my videos. I might be close to players and I don't shoot. The reason I don't shoot sometimes, um, well, one, because it might give my position away if I think they're looking at me or they're so close that they will hear my shot or they've got enemies or they've got teammates near them, I will perhaps hold off fire until I am certain of what enemies are doing around me, how many there are, and whether I can engage without risk of being heard, spotted, and taken out. For me, the most important thing is to stay in the game and impact the enemy uh, without giving myself away or getting taken out of the game. So that is the primary decision I'm making, um, whether deciding whether to fight, flight, or, or hide. Um, another good question from Josh, uh, is it more effective to work alone or in a squad? That question will depend, the answer to that question will depend on who you are playing with. If you're with a, uh, a team that of players who you know, who you trust and are on the same wavelength as you and are as good as stalking as you and you play together and you're well drilled, working together as a team is always going to be better. But personally, um, I prefer to work alone because more often than not, um, the players around me, they're either t noisier than me or they're not as good at sneaking or their camouflage is not as good as me or they perhaps shoot a bit too soon and give our positions away. Personally, I prefer to work alone, but that's not necessarily the most effective way if you're in a squad of players who are well drilled. Um, Josh asked, what do I do for a living? Um, I, uh, I teach people um, about trading, which is what I used to do in the city. And I do that with my uh, friend Nicola. Uh, he also asked, what are my goals? Not only for YouTube, but for me as a player. Um, I just, Josh, I just love sharing my knowledge, sharing um, information and this passion for this style of play with the community. I, w I would love to see the Sniper Ops group still um, continue to grow and to see this. I love seeing all the people who are crafting their suits and to just to be able to plant seeds of this passion around the SO communities and see other people get into crafting and reconsidering the way they play and see about um, just spreading this style of play. I think that's that's what I love to see, mate. Um, and in terms of YouTube, I in terms of YouTube, I just want to keep making videos. I love the process of making videos. I love um, I love recording cool moments on the field. And then being able to translate the the, the tension, the suspense, um, and the satisfaction of pulling off those amazing uh, kills that um, that you sometimes see on my videos, and to be able to share that passion and that enjoyment I have uh, with you on YouTube is what I would like to continue doing. Um, 
I'm not, I don't really think of the numbers, I don't really think of subscribers. I think it's amazing how fast my channel has been growing in the last few months, but I think um, the most important thing for me is just to be able to carry on sharing this cool style of play with um, all of you guys. It's really awesome and at times uh, very humbling the support I get for doing it. So just, yeah, thank you very much for everybody and I appreciate all of you who let me share this passion with you. Um, let's move on for a few more questions. Uh, Tom is asking, uh, could you go over where you get your webbing pouches for the Mark 23 mags from? My webbing pouches are built into my webbing. I wear, um, it's a very old 1990s US Army webbing and they're kind of quite tight M4 mags and the MK23 mags fit in those perfectly. Um, Dmods is asking about how I get my guns and kit abroad. Um, if flying, you have to speak to the airline. It's not it's not straightforward. And the airlines I spoke to all said no straight away. Um, when I've gone over to Holland, Belgium, um, and France, I have just taken them in the boot of my car. There's nothing illegal about carrying them. They are toy guns. They are not illegal. Uh, some, I think Germany, you have to be a little bit careful because you Germany has special rules about airsoft guns. But as long as you are not breaking any rules within those countries and you are taking them to an airsoft site and you're going to play and you have an invitation or tickets, uh, it's fine. We have been stopped at customs and they asked where we were going and what we were doing with these toy guns and we showed them the invites and our social media accounts and the customs people actually at the time were actually quite interested in what we were doing and they were um, very nice about it and that's happened twice actually so I don't think there's any problem at all if you're driving just be aware that if you're flying you need to speak to the airlines when I went to Norway all I, all I took was my ghillie suit and I put that in my bag and put it in the hold uh, Gingerbread Man asked about Russian partisan sniper suits and using those for spring and autumn. I think they're pretty cool, mate. Um, and he says ghillie suits um, and adding natural veg. Yeah, I think those partisan suits are cool. Add some natural veg to them. I think the colours are excellent. I think the colours is the most important thing on a ghillie suit, actually, or on your camo. Um, as you need to get that pattern matched to the terrain you're playing in. And those Russians have some pretty Gucci camo patterns. Um, Cheese Buffalo, we're almost finished. This is actually two more questions to go. Uh, Cheese Buffalo ask, what is a decent starter leaf suit to buy online uh, and can it be shipped to New Zealand? Oh, New Zealand's a long way, mate. Uh, have a look on the skirmshop.nl website. They have uh, MFH leaf suits. They're cheap. Um, I don't know about them shipping them to New Zealand, though. You'll have to ask them. But if you see those MFH leaf suits, you may well be able to buy them more locally. Um, and final question, Big Buck asks, what kind of boots do you wear? The kind of boots I wear, that depends on the game um, and the time of year. In the summertime, I like to wear ninja boots or tabby boots. They're like made out of cloth. They've got like a plimsoll bottom with a split toe. I camo those up. They're very, very lightweight. Um, and people often ask me about the ankle support. They don't have ankle support. Uh, my personal opinion is ankle support is overrated. Uh, I think... If you have too much uh, ankle support and you have heavy boots, I've seen people get injured from being too confident, running, jumping with heavy boots, and they can not just actually cause severe knee or leg injuries, you can actually uh, slip over more easily if you've got heavy boots with 
um, heavy ankle support and in woodlands you can slip on logs or rocks and fall over and cause yourself different kinds of injuries with these tabby boots i almost have to not tiptoe but you have to be a little bit careful with your feet and so even though in theory you could twist your ankle more easily than wearing boots you are moving around more carefully and obviously a lot of the time i am stalking so i am moving quite slowly um, if i am playing in the winter i have a pair of specialist waterproof uh, stalking boots that I got from America. They're, I don't think they're made anymore and mine are wearing out. I'm actually looking at getting some new boots at the moment. Um, I'm open to suggestions because during the winter it's nice to have waterproof boots. In the summer um, I do sometimes wear 511 Skylight boots. They're great boots but not waterproof. Um, what I do sometimes wear with those boots if it's wet outside uh, is I wear uh, seal skin socks take a look at seal skin socks they're not cheap they're like 30 quid i think for a pair but they are waterproof socks and it does allow you to wear uh, shoes that are not waterproof and on that question that brings us to the end of episode three of the kicking mustang uh, podcast thank you very much for all the questions i appreciate them all all of these questions came from my youtube channel's community posts uh, which i have really enjoyed using since they got turned on for me um, so thanks very much guys and i will see you next time